Welcome to the Humanity Matters Podcast, where we discuss and reflect on faith and philosophy, nonprofit leadership, and social issues. We want to engage ideas on what it means to be a free human being in the pursuit of human flourishing. For more information, visit our website, philipfletcher.org. And now, the Humanity Matters Podcast. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Humanity Matters Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Philip Fletcher, where we discuss and reflect on faith and philosophy, nonprofit leadership, and social issues. We want to engage ideas on what it means to be a free human being in pursuit of human flourishing. Hey, connect with me on my website, philipfletcher.org. Also, go over to YouTube. I would greatly appreciate you for you to subscribe uh, to the YouTube channel, Humanity Matters. I'm trying to hit 100 subscribers by the end of May. So go over there, subscribe. I would greatly appreciate it. A lot of great video content. Just released uh, the first video for Rap, Hip Hop, and Freedom Volume 2, looking at Queen Latifah and her track, Ladies First. So go over there, check it out, share it with a friend, someone who loves rap and hip hop. But also, we've got other things talking about other social issues that are going on in our country and specifically here in Arkansas as well. As always, subscribe to the podcast. So whether you're listening right now on Anchor or on your iPhone or Android device, however you're getting your podcast content, do me a favor. uh, Subscribe, leave a review. I would greatly appreciate it. Find me on Instagram. Dr. Philip Fletcher, cool stuff I put up there just to connect with me, get to know who I am and different things I'm involved with. Hey, if you want to be part of the mailbag for Sunday nights, Sunday night show, email me humanitymatterspodcast at gmail.com, humanitymatterspodcast at gmail.com. And as always, I'm looking for sponsors. So you can sponsor through PayPal. That's pfletcher73 at gmail.com. Also, you can sponsor this podcast. Got some sponsors that have joined. Shout out to Julia. Appreciate uh, the monthly sponsorship. So you can sponsor as little as 99 cents a month or, hey, want to be big time, uh, support me as well. But you can go to the Anchor page where this podcast is uh, mainly hosted and you'll see a sponsor link and click on that. I would greatly appreciate it. Or once again, hit me up, email. If you're having difficulty, I would gladly connect you to it. So, lots been going on in good old America. And, man, race as usual. Uh, Trying to figure out how to navigate just life. And what does it mean to be... An American, an American who happens to have uh, brown skin. So, Derek Chauvin, he was found guilty on two charges in the death of George Floyd about two weeks now. And in response, President Joe Biden uh, 
sent out some words, which then prompted me to kind of write a impromptu letter to him, just kind of reminding him that not all Americans who are black fit into how he was describing. And so I uh, got a email uh, from somebody who um, wanted just some clarification on what I was talking about in my letter. And I love emails. I love for people to ask questions, to comment on uh, things that I talk about and write about. And I uh, had multiple, multiple <laughs> comments come. And, uh, you know, some of them were supportive. Many of them were supportive. You know, I had one that... Uh, accuse me of being a token and you know that is what it is you know this comes with the profile this comes with the territory okay but i always appreciate individuals who are uh, seeking to learn they are seeking to understand uh, what it is that i am talking about uh, because in doing so not only do I think they grow, but I grow as well. So I was uh, sent this email and I am pulling it up on my phone. So just bear with me real quick, like. And this email was important because I could sense the humility in the individual who was trying to understand uh, my perspective. All right. And uh, I thought it was important to respond. If I can get to the page, my email has been acting all types of funny. I don't know if you've ever had that uh, happen to you, but if you would bear with me, Hey, we've got a new thing happen as I'm pulling this email up. Uh, our Hope Village project for my nonprofit, the City of Hope Outreach. It is uh, slowly but surely coming along. And I hope to uh, share some real, real good news with everybody in uh, the next few weeks. And so if you... Uh, would like to know more about that uh, project, I would encourage you to go to hopevillagecoho.org. That is hopevillagecoho.org and um, check it out. Make a donation. Donations are necessary. Nothing's free. <laughs> you know, got to pay people to work. So uh, every little bit helps. So, question that was brought to my attention was this. Philip, we have a brief history that gave me a respect and gratitude for you. I agree with much of your post here and if you have not read my post you can just go uh, to my Facebook page, Dr. Philip Fletcher and it's Dear President uh, Joe Biden. 
All right, and you can read the whole post there. Also done some videos on it. Um, read the whole video, you can go to my YouTube channel as well. So he continues on, I agree with much of your post here, but the general sentiment doesn't coincide with my perception of what my other black brothers and sisters are communicating to me and what I myself am observing as I engage in their stories. I am seeking to understand the nuance I respectfully, as someone who doesn't share your skin color or your terrors or war, want to explore the possibility of a false dichotomy or hierarchy of trauma. My question is whether this belittles legitimate everyday trauma of minority citizens by comparing it to warfare trauma or sexual abuse trauma, the silencing a needed conversation. My view of Biden are not very lofty with respect, knowing this might be exhausting and give you the freedom to abstain from engaging, listening and eager to learn Dawson. So a um, couple of things that are going on here. So again, what I'm putting forward is what would be considered anecdotal, right? It is my lived experience. So I can't refute the lived experience of another individual. Okay, my concern with what Joe Biden was, President Joe Biden, we put respect on it, uh, was saying he was making it seem as if every black American is experiencing um, this high degree of. And let me quote here. All right, because I don't want to misrepresent. Um, the profound fear and trauma, the pain, the exhaustion that black and brown Americans experience every single day. I don't experience this every single day. In fact, <laughs> I don't even experience it every year. Are there some people who uh, obviously have faced racism on the basis of their skin color? Yeah, no doubt about it. But is it a daily thing in every black American's life? No, it's not. All right. And so uh, the question that was asked, um, two things that stood out to me as I was uh, reading the comment was this, but the general sentiment doesn't coincide with my perception of what my other black brothers and sisters are communicating to me. So I don't know what they are communicating. And again, I can't refute what they're communicating, but at the same time, what they are going through cannot diminish what I'm going through and experiencing on a daily basis. So again, I can't refute an individual's lived experience, but equally you can't refute mine, right? So is there an individual out there who perceives that their life is a daily trauma okay that's their lived experience okay we have to dig deeper at the same time my lived experience is not that but you have to dig deeper as to why so the second thing is i don't know what uh the questioner is observing all right implied in the statement is a need to understand, like from a longitudinal perspective, 
the life of an individual. Now, there's no way we could interview 47 million black people, but then also be with them on a daily basis. This is not possible. So, you know, people do research, get sample sizes, so on and so forth to take the anecdote and try to find some generalizations. But even that is dangerous. All right. Now, I have to lean on the statistical evidence demonstrated against a period of time. There's a lot of evidence, especially in the last since the civil rights movement. The evidence is demonstrating black American vibrancy and progress. Are there issues? Sure, there is. But what President Joe Biden is putting forward and in this email, um, there is this sense of that black people are on this under this constant assault, mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually. Yet, when you look at the economic evidence, the educational evidence, when you look at all the source of evidence, influences on culture, it's one of those things that makes me scratch my head and be like, come on. Now, on the issue of trauma, now I've been, this year I've been dedicating myself to uh, read psychology, um, old hats like Carl Jung, new hats like Jordan Peterson and others uh, regarding anxiety, mental illness, trauma. Now, I'm distinguishing traumas. President Joe Biden did a hyper generalization and it's simply inaccurate when considering 47 million people. Warfare trauma and sexual trauma is daily. I suffer from PTSD. I was in combat. That's a daily thing. Because of what I saw, what I experienced. All right. Again, that's my lived experience. Are there others who don't? Of course there are. Am I comparing them? Not necessarily. Am I prioritizing? No, I am not. In my words, I talked about those who experience sexual trauma. And hearing stories about persons who grew up in that type of environment and what they have to even still deal with today is overwhelming. Okay. What I was demonstrating was whereas a man or a woman who grew up in a household or is growing a, a boy or girl is growing up in a household and they're daily experiencing physical abuse, emotional abuse, sexual abuse, right? I just don't think there are black people out there who as soon as they step outside their door, the police are hunting them down. People are calling them all types of niggers and coons and porch monkeys and go back to Africa's and things like that. Because if that was the case, I think it would be glaringly obvious, especially in this social media age that we live in. It would be overwhelmingly obvious. Again, this does not mean an individual has not experienced an event like racism, 
But to assert all is simply disingenuous at best and false at worst. As far as a conversation being silenced, um, I can't speak to that because each person has to determine for him or herself to speak. My Is my lived experience and what I'm talking about silencing other people? I don't think so. Every individual has as much opportunity to communicate what they're going on through as anybody else. Now, the means they choose to do that, that is up to to them. Ultimately, it's my perspective that is not given equal voice. If we're going to really be honest, it seems as if the, the norm is looking at black Americans, Americans who are black, as simply just <laughs> basket cases emotionally in every sense of the word, basket cases physically as if, and again, when we step out the door, our lives are at risk. We're, we don't live in slavery anymore. We don't live in the Jim Crow era anymore. We just don't. We don't live in segregation anymore. And I think, Sometimes we're looking for some sort of significance by seeking to pull forward historical experiences that are just simply not happening the way they did in the past. So there are many who look like me who have a similar view of life in America. They just are. Millions. The problems, are there? Are there problems? Yeah. But it's not the same type of hunt or genocide, if you will, that happened as a result of the slave trade, in slavery, Reconstruction, Jim Crow, segregation, so on and so forth. It's We don't have those type of problems. We just don't. Is it unfortunate for what happened to George Floyd? It sure is. It's an unfortunate what happened to Ahmaud Arbery. Sure is. Is that the normal everyday thing? I will step out on the limb and say, no, it is not. But again, are there problems? Sure. Are there problems between ethnic groups? Yep. Are there problems within ethnic groups? You sure right there are. All right. I refuse to be perceived as an object or be the sacrifice for someone's imagined guilt concerning acts they have not committed. And that's my other thing. And, you know, the whole idea, uh, a lot of stuff that's going on right now, critical race theory, um, trying to rectify past injustices, so on and so forth. Um, I'm not your sacrifice to make you feel better. And I'm not your object to make you feel better. And a lot of that is what's going on. It is the dehumanization of black people, <laughs> black men and women, in the pursuit of quote-unquote justice. And it's just not the case. So, just wanted to take that question. I appreciate the question coming from uh, Dawson. I hope I answered uh, that question to the best of my ability. So we're going to 
hear a word from our sponsor and we will be right back. Hey, welcome back everybody to the Humanity Matters podcast. I am your host, Dr. Philip Fletcher. Again, connect with me, website, philipfletcher.org, YouTube channel, Humanity Matters. Go over there, look it up, subscribe. I'm trying to hit 100 subscribers by the end of May. I would greatly appreciate it. If you want to get in the mailbag, we take questions here on the podcast as well as on the Sunday show, please hit me up, humanitymatterspodcast at gmail.com, humanitymatterspodcast at gmail.com. So, yeah. So, the question becomes, is America a racist nation? Tim Scott, like, set the world on fire in response to President Joe Biden's kind of uh, State of the Union address or message to Congress uh, last week. And that then uh, had the vice president respond as well. And the fundamental uh, thing that stuck out was Tim Scott, Senator Tim Scott from South Carolina, saying that America is not a racist nation. And now let me say up front, I don't think it is either. I agree with Senator Tim Scott. I agree with Vice President Kamala Harris. America is not a racist nation. What did you say, Philip? I did. America is not a racist nation. Now, looking through the history, right? The government, very suspect and racist, right? We can go back and forth on what was happening in the Constitution and getting that passed and the uh, three-fifths clause. But as we see the early days of the United States uh, history, the United States government at the federal, state, and local levels was very instrumental in using race, enslaving people, black people, right? But not just black people, treatment of Native Americans, right? Treatment of Asians. Dare we even say treatment of Irish and others who immigrated here. Race was used as a means by the government to in my estimation, maintain a whole lot of power. And we see that a lot in the past, in the early days of the United States history. Obviously, no more uh, glaring than the slavery that was happening in the South, right? That then resulted in the Civil War, that resulted in Reconstruction, and then we had the Black Codes and Jim Crow. But again, those were instrumented, implemented by government. Now, were people practicing racism? Yes. Were churches preaching it? Yes. Were there educational institutions that were just for white people? Yes. But the beauty and ingenuity and creativity specifically of 
Americans who would, who are black in their past began to open their own businesses, open their own schools and thrive in the face of overwhelming racism that was codified in law and enforced in horrible ways from lynchings to cross burnings to homes and businesses being destroyed. Okay. Yes. America at some point was racist, right? Pitting one group against another. But as time went by, now we get to the mid middle of the 20th century. Racism as practiced and enforced by the United States government was on its deathbed. So thank you, Martin Luther King. Thank you, Ralph Abernathy. Thank you, Rosa Parks. Thank you, Coretta Scott King. Thank you, Malcolm X. Thank you, Marcus Garvey. Thank you to those young people who stood up and fought for the ideals of what America could be as outlined in the United States Constitution and the Declaration of Independence. So things have gotten better. People are not burning crosses in people's yards, right? We don't have black uh, blacks only water fountains, whites only water fountains. We got mask only restaurants and mask only stores. That's a whole different discussion. But as far as discrimination, prejudice, racism on the basis of skin color, practice openly and as the norm of society today, that's just not the case. So when Tim Scott says America is not a racist nation and Vice President Kamala Harris says America is not a racist nation, and I agree with Vice President Harris, as I'm sure Senator Tim Scott would agree that we can't forget the mistakes and the failures of the past in regards to a nation. That's very important. I think every nation should be cognizant of the things that happen in their previous iterations in forms of government and society, but that we also have to look at and celebrate and understand how far that we have come. The gains Americans who are black have made in terms of culture, rap and hip hop, worldwide dominating, influencing so many different things. Movies, sports, politics, great progress. I make an assertion that if America was a racist nation as it was back in the 1700s, 1800s, even the early 1900s, there's no way you would have a black president or a vice president, Kamala Harris, like we do now. There's just no way. 
How do we explain all of these gains absent government-sanctioned racism, absent the societal acceptance of and practice of racism? How do we explain those things? I mean, it's something to really think about. It really is something to really think about. Uh, We have to really look at the progress that we have made. We have to really look at what we have accomplished as a nation and our conduct of one another. There's a thing that's always been curious to me in this whole discussion is like, how do you explain all the interracial relationships that you see like on TikTok? In Instagram. Like, how do you explain that? How do you explain young black boys dating white girls? How do you explain young white boys dating black girls? How do you explain these relationships? So, is America a racist nation? No. Is it like other nations that have people in it that just don't like another person on the basis of some physical characteristic? Yes, it's everywhere. But are we like we were? Are are we as a nation like a nation back at the founding, around the Civil War, leading up to the Civil Rights Movement? No. No, we're not. And we should be honest about that. So, what does the future look like then? I mean, I have good hopes for the future. We can continue to press forward, but in order to press forward, we have to do it in a way that is going to affirm the dignity and worth of men and women, regardless of their skin color. We want to look at one another, not as enemies first, or being suspicious of one another's motives. We want to look at one another truly as neighbors. And then finally, we have to hold people responsible for what they're doing now. We can't hold people responsible for things that their ancestors did. We do what we can to rectify a situation. We do what we can to get government out of the way. Again, that was part of the large problem. We get government out of the way so that it is not picking winners and losers and pitting groups against one another on the basis of a uh, physical characteristic. And we seek to associate with one another freely and hold one another accountable. But holding one another accountable in such a way that it creates greater friendship, not creating more enemies or more hostility. So is America a racist nation? I don't think so. 
I don't. America is a great place. She has her problems just like any other place. But I'm thankful to live here. Thankful to have a family here. Thankful for all the opportunities to do things to impact the lives of other people. Because there are other places wouldn't have that opportunity. Would not have that opportunity. So, hey, thank you for joining me today for Humanity Matters Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Philip Fletcher. Remember to be love, to be kind, to be generous. If we remember to live in hope, we can do the impossible. Thank you for joining us at the Humanity Matters Podcast. For more information, visit our website, philipfletcher.org. Like us on YouTube. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. Remember to be loved, be kind, be generous. And if we 